Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, IFA and Yankees. And ask me questions if I was confusing. IFA and Yankees. I had a podcast that was about 25 minutes long. And I said, you know what? I don't like this one. So I deleted it. And uh, the stuff is still rolling around in my brain. Maybe it'll come back out later, but maybe it won't. Today is the international free agency um, opening. Not the deadline, the opening. And the Cubs signed about 12, 15 players today, something like that. And since I'm talking about the Cubs' future, I'm pretty much required to talk about the uh, January 15th opening um, irrespective of anything else. But frankly, today I was having a bit of a difficulty trying to figure out a way to do that. Now, I will get to that in a minute, but first off, I want to talk about the Yankees' angle of things. The Yankees. Um, I've been monitoring the Fangraphs' pipeline ratings as they've been coming through, and the Yankees' pipeline just came out on Friday, and as per usual, I ran the numbers, and as per usual, the Yankees' number is below the Cubs. Cubs are at, what, what did I say, 223 and a half. The Tigers are at 221. The Yankees are, uh, I think they're in third place of the teams that are completed. They're at about 185, something like that. R- rather good, rather good. But uh, the Cubs remain atop the teams that have been posted so far. There will be teams that will pass the Cubs. And there will be teams that will fall far short of the Cubs. The entire concept of IFA slash Yankees all kind of flows together rather well. At least it does in my mind. I don't know if it does in anyone else's mind, but it does rather well in my mind. I was at a place on the internet somewhere. I'm not going to say where. Um, where people were recounting through the years. I really thought this guy was going to be good. I really thought this guy was going to be good. I really gonna, thought this guy was going to be good. Which, whichever one it was. Again, it doesn't really matter which specific prospect or how close they came to being quote-unquote really good or whatever. If you are expecting a prospect to be really good, you are probably wrong you are probably wrong whichever let's take the cubs top six (coughs) let's take the cubs top six brennan davis is number one number six is christian hernandez numbers two through five however you want to roll them are reggie preciado kevin alcantara owen casey and who's one i'm forgetting I'll figure it out here in a minute. 
But uh, Preciado, Casey, Pete Crow Armstrong. That's what I was forgetting. So yeah, you have those six. If you are saying in your mind, not your heart, in your mind, I think Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be a stud. Define it. Define it. <coughs> what, 25 wins above? 30 wins above? 20 wins above? Whatever it is, you know, you define what the term is. You make the definition. Kind of a bit of what the other podcast was about. You define exactly what stud means. Whatever that is. You give me all six of those players. I will take the under on all six of those players on what your definition of stud is because players don't get that good very often. So let's say you have the six. I've got the under. So some of you might be saying, oh, Tim hates all the prospects. No, 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 no. I understand that 49% is less than 51%. That's what I understand. I would be betting the under. That doesn't mean I'm betting uh, that there's only a 5% chance that Reggie Preciado will be good. I have no idea how he'll do. I have no idea. And that gets me into a lot of trouble saying I have absolutely no idea. I can only base on what I have seen or heard. That's all I know. When some expert from some magazine or from some online source says, hey, well, this guy has a 60 on his whatever, 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 whatever. So that means he's going to be bullcrap. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I might say Fangraphs has this player as a 50, but that doesn't mean I have to believe that that means I think he's going to be a stud. What I think that means is Fangraphs has him as a 50, and I think nothing more, further, or excelling beyond that. All I know is what I know. So when I hear someone saying, whichever prospect from the Cubs past, I thought this guy was going to be a stud, and he ended up being not a stud, guess what? You were wrong if you thought that. You were wrong. Not, not Ben Badler, not Jim Callis. You were wrong. You were wrong. Players don't get that good very often. Now, I'm going to roll the clock back. I've done this before. Chris Bryant was as close to certain as anything that I'd seen coming through the Cubs pipeline. What I saw with Chris Bryant, honestly, before he was even drafted, there are a couple things I saw. His power was legitimate. Now, notice, I didn't say he was going to hit 55 home runs a year. I didn't say he was going to hit 70 home runs a year. I didn't say he was going to hit 600 in his career. I said power was legitimate. If you have a player who has legitimate power, is going to draw a ton of walks, is a good enough base runner, and plays scratch defense at a legitimate position, he'll probably be okay. All you're talking about then is what is his batting average going to be? 
if his batting average is in the 230 range, yeah, you can probably still get by with that if he's hitting a lot of home runs, he's drawing a lot of walks, and he's a good base runner, and he's a scratch defender. My biggest question was, was he going to be a scratch defender? And eventually I watched a game of his, and he made a play coming in. He made a play going out. And I said, yeah, I think he's probably going to be at least a scratch defender. And I'm not going to say Bryant is a good defender or a great defender or a spectacular. He's a scratch defender. He's all right. He's a C in, uh, in uh, Stratomatic. He's all right. He's all right. So when you start assessing players, assess what you know. What you know, not what Ben Badler said, not what um, Eric Logan, Eric Longenhagen, he's great. Don't base it on what he says. Kylie McDaniel, he's great. Don't base it on what he says. A lot of these people have to say this guy's a 50 or this guy's a 60 to get people to buy their publication. If everybody says eh, this guy's a 40 until he's proven otherwise, this guy here. He's fantastic. He's a 45. That's not going to sell magazines. What sells magazines is this guy's a 60. This guy's a 50. This guy has 70 speed. This guy has 70 power. That sells magazines. That gets clicks. When you say, really? I'm not sure. I don't have a flipping clue until he actually does something against some good players. That doesn't get you very far. So, as I look at the Yankees coming in third, the Cubs being first out of the first nine out of the gate from Fangraphs. And as I look at the international free agent signings from the Cubs today, there are no real huge surprises. There's one guy, Sandy Sanchez, who the Cubs signed. He's a shortstop. It was rumored that the Mets were going to sign him. He ended up with the Cubs. Cool. I'm not going to do a whole lot of burning a whole bunch of videotape on, well, here's Sandy Sanchez, and here's what he does, and this is it, and I'm going to wait until he plays some games in the um, Dominican Summer League, and if he's doing really well in the Dominican Summer League, I'll come onto a podcast and say he's doing really well in the Dominican Summer League. I'm not going to bother with, well, here's a snippet from, you know, here, here's eight seconds of film. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to waste your time with that. What I will say is the Cubs are better off having Brennan Davis and the other five players. Brennan Davis, Christian Hernandez, Pete Crow Armstrong, Reggie Preciado, Owen Casey, and now I'm forgetting the other fourth, the other sixth one. But which are, yeah, the, the six guys, the six guys. The Cubs are better off having six guys that are ranked that highly than if they only had one or two guys that are ranked that highly. Does that mean they're going to necessarily all shred everything? No, it, of course not. Why would anyone have any logic in their brain and think that all of them are going to do awesome? They will go through the pipeline. They will get exposed. And in three or four years, people, oh, I really thought that guy was going to do better than that. Well, you were wrong. Watch games, listen to games, listen to people who know what they're talking about. Don't buy into the, well, I'm putting a 50 on this guy because, no, 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 no. If Reggie Preciado gets to Myrtle Beach and he's throttling pitchers, then what you can assume is probably he deserves a promotion. And as well as he's doing, 
when he gets that promotion, he might do well at the next level. That's all you can assume. That's all you should assume. You shouldn't assume this guy's going to shred Major League Pitching because shredding Major League Pitching is really difficult. Today was January 15th. Today, the Cubs signed 12 players. 12, 15, something like that. They'll probably end up signing about 20 by the time the Dominican Summer League gets going. They'll probably have 30 signed by shortly thereafter. Uh, but, you know, however many, the, the number of players isn't all that terribly important. What is kind of important is I think the limit is 70 that they can have in camp. Maybe it's 60 in the Dominican camp. Um, develop the players, develop the players, develop the players, develop the players to the best of the Cubs' potential. Are all of these players that were, I, I saw somewhere, someone, hopefully all of these players will make it to the major leagues. No, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If you want to pay attention to the minor leagues, and I strongly recommend you seriously consider it, then follow the minor leagues. That's how you do it. How, how do you follow the Georgia Tech football program? You follow the Georgia Tech football program. How do you follow? I'm following Tottenham. How do you follow uh, Liverpool? You follow Liverpool. How, how do you follow? My brother is an AC Roma fan. How do you follow AC? You follow AC Roma. You, you see how they're doing. You know how they. You know what the score is. You know what their schedule is upcoming. You know who they have in the, um, in the different leagues they're in. You know who, who's playing what and when. If you want to follow the Cubs minor leagues, follow the Cubs minor leagues. Do it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. You have a computer. Listen to the games. Watch the games. Either way, it's fine. You learn stuff. If you're banking on someone who is watching one game a week of a player, ooh, wow, somebody, he, he had a really good game. You should go watch that home run. Okay, now you turn on the home run, you click on the home run. Wow, that was a really good swing of his. Or, or was it that the pitch was really horrible and the pitcher's terrible? He's probably going to get released in three weeks. You probably don't know that. Um, the way to know how players are doing is to listen to how players are doing. Listen to actual games. At least that's what makes sense to me. The Cubs pipeline is fine. The Cubs pipeline is more highly ranked than the Yankees. The Yankees actually were rather busy today as far as getting highly ranked players. Congratulations to them. As far as the adjusting numbers with J15 players, I'm not going to do that until everything's done. Once everything is done, as far as all 30 teams are posted, then I might go back and adjust for the recently signed players. I'm not going to do that yet. It seems rather silly. However, two things to mind. Two things to mind. Alexis Hernandez, Christian Hernandez's brother, is currently Fangraphs ranked as a 40. So that would nudge the Cubs list up a little tiny bit. And... Aiden Sanchez, a catcher, third baseman. Nobody's quite sure what position he's going to play, but he's 16 years old, so how would you expect it? 
Um, Aiden Sanchez got in the neighborhood of what Christian Hernandez did for a signing bonus. Does that mean that Aiden Sanchez will be better than Christian Hernandez? Does it mean, no, it doesn't. You, you, I, I'm not going to say anything like that. Usually, the signing bonus has some bearing on uh, some trail effect of how a good player is because the teams that are trying to get players are trying to get the best players. If a guy is really good, then he will probably get in the seven. If he looks like he's going to be really good, then he'll probably get in the seven-figure range. And if one team thinks he's worth seven figures, somebody else might as well. So you end up getting a situation where the team decides we're going to put the added emphasis on this guy, we're going to put the emphasis on that guy, and at the end of the day, all 30 teams, at the end of the day, fans from all 30 teams, I'm really good. I'm really good with the team, with the guys that we signed. I really think these guys are good selections. Well, as long as in six or seven years, you're willing to say, well, that's what I said back then, assess your assessment later. If you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, admit it. I have no idea how any of these guys are going to do. I have no idea if the Yankees pipeline is better than the Cubs. I am trying to follow fan graphs to keep you updated on how the Cubs are doing as far as their pipeline rankings as per the other teams in the league. And I looked at the list. You, you can find a list from pretty much anywhere of who the Cubs signed today internationally. And Aiden Hernandez... All right, Aiden Sanchez, let's try that again. Alexis Hernandez and Aiden Sanchez are the two big names. There's a third name, Jefferson Rojas. I think he's a shortstop. I think, I think, I think. A lot of, yes, a lot of the players do end up being shortstops because what happens is, if you imagine, 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 imagine. I'm going to explain this one time for all. Imagine, 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 imagine. You go out to your local, um, Little League Park, you know, wherever that is, whatever town you're in, you go to watch a bunch of kids playing, a bunch of 11-year-olds playing baseball, bunch of 11-year-olds. Maybe you're watching two, three games in a row. You're watching three games in a row of 11-year-olds playing baseball, okay? After you've watched the three games of 11-year-olds playing baseball, whoo! Wow, now I'm tired. I'd better, you know, grab something to eat, da 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 whatever. Now, here's your questions for the day. What positions did the best players play? What positions did the best players... Was any coach saying, this is my best player all around, I'm going to put him in left field? No. This guy is my best player all around, my best defensive player, I'm going to put him at first base. Does that happen very often? No. If it's the best player on the team... He's probably playing one of four positions. He's probably either playing shortstop, which is where most of them go. He might be pitching. He might be catching. Or he might be playing center field. Those are the four positions where the talent generally flows to. If you're watching 11-year-olds play, that's how it works. If you're watching 14-year-olds play, if you're watching 16-year-olds play, players go to shortstop. If the Cubs or the Phillies or the Giants or the Rangers send a kid to shortstop in the Dominican Summer League, and it turns out, you know what? He can't cut it at shortstop. 
He's not going to be able to play there defensively. We're going to have to move him. Then you move him. Then you move him. It's like, oh, he's not going to be able to play shortstop. We're going to put him at second base or third base or right field or center field or whatever. Because shortstop is the position you want your best player to be at. If it doesn't end up happening that way, then you move him off of short. Or if he ends up being your best shortstop, but he isn't your best player, then you leave him at shortstop. The goal is to have a competent shortstop. Don Kessinger, back in the day, was the Cubs shortstop. Why was he the Cubs shortstop? Because he was the best shortstop they had. So that's what they went with. If Billy Williams was a better shortstop than Don Kessinger, he'd have played shortstop, but he wasn't. Don Kessinger was the best shortstop, so Don Kessinger played shortstop. When people get upset because the Cubs keep signing shortstops, shortstops become right fielders if they can't play shortstop. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look at Jonathan Perlaza. He was a shortstop, had a whole lot of trouble defensively at shortstop. When he'd make errors, he would tend to bring his errors to the plate and he would have bad at-bats because he just made an error. The Cubs finally decided, well, you're not a shortstop anymore. Now you're a right fielder. Now that he's in right field, he's doing fine in right field, and he's doing fine hitting. No problem. Don't expect prospects to be superstars. Don't expect prospects to be superstars. Don't assess where they are now. Assess what you know about them now. How is he doing defensively? Well, I don't know. I'm not listening to any games of his. Then don't talk about him. Follow games of players you're interested in. This spring, if there are no major league games going on, in February, in March, in April, you're going to have tons of time, tons of time, tons of time to find a squad somewhere, Cubs minor league, college, whatever it is. Watch that team. Familiarize your team with that, yourself with that team and assess the players on that team. Hey, this third baseman for Arizona, he kind of good. He might be the kind of guy the Cubs might want to look at in the seventh round. See how that works? You're not required at gunpoint. Today we had one of those horrible things where a terrorist in the United States took over a place of worship. And there was a lengthy, oh, I don't know, what was it, two, two and a half, five hours, something like that, whole bunch of people being held hostage. Eventually, the situation was rectified and none of the parishioners were killed, which is wonderful. Um, there's no hostage taking when it comes to baseball. If you don't want to watch the Cubs, or if you can't watch the Cubs because there's a strike, pick another team or pick another sport. I've been listening to a lot of um, Premier League soccer recently. Pick another sport. Pick another level. Pick another whatever. Um, or if you don't want to do that, then don't. Whatever. If you want to know about the Cubs minor league prospects, 
listen to games involving the Cubs minor league prospects. That's the only realistic way you will learn about the Cubs minor league prospects. At least it's the best way. Yeah, you can read an article and have some, oh, somebody said this guy's a 60. Well, you could listen to the game and hear how he's doing. Seems better to me. Um, I guess I could probably rant a bit longer, but there's really no point in that. The pipeline has names added to it today. Cool. Awesome. Excellent. Perhaps there are going to have to be some people released from the pipeline. Having followed the Dominican Summer League last year, there are a few names that could probably be parted with that wouldn't cause a whole lot of long-term hazard to the pipeline. But uh, here's hoping the new players, now that they are officially Cubs, get to the Dominican Summer League complex in Boca Chica, Dominican Republic, and start getting better. Because getting better is the goal. And if enough of the new players do get better, then the Cubs could improve at a rate quicker than other teams do. And after all, that's why we chart things, right? Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. And if you celebrate, enjoy the NFL playoffs.